Thank you, Mrs. Matthews. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Great to be with you. If you're here for the first or second time, my name is Scott. I'm one of the pastors. I've been on vacation. I'm so grateful that we had Barry Smith the last couple of weeks. I thought he was amazing. I heard him both uh, weekends. And I'm just thrilled to be with you here to give you a win. Today, I hope, is a big win for you. Kenneth, good to see you. Back from all over the world. Uh, a win today for you uh, is this, that you get it, that you were born for adventure. You were born for adventure. And most people get this. Uh, according to John Eldridge, uh, men want to know that they have what it takes for their adventure. Okay? Ladies, that's your job. Tell them, you got it. You can do that. Do the dishes. Women, women, believe it or not, they want to be fought for. They want to have their beauty unveiled, and they want an adventure of a lifetime. So next time, fellas, your wife says, hey, I'm not into adventure, she's lying to you. You tell her, yes, you were born for it. You're born for adventure. Uh, I've not seen the film. I've heard the film Point Break captures uh, the seven most uh, uh, adventurous geographies in the world and these uh, athletes pursuing nirvana, their nirvana experience, uh, were born for adventure. And uh, I, for our vacation, we did not travel much. We went to a couple places locally that we enjoy um, for vacation, <laughs> Bella Brew, Five Guys, stuff like that. Actually, we didn't have Five Guys. But we did go to one of our favorite estates in Healdsburg um, because it's got a lot of um, film history. It's the estate called the Francis Ford Coppola Estate, and it's the, uh, the producer of all the Godfather films. And while we were there, I was out walking around and uh, where probably I wasn't supposed to be, which is always kind of an adventure in of itself. And I came upon this boat out in the middle of nowhere. And I thought, surely, is that, is that the actual boat that was used in this 1970s Vietnam film? And so I, I went to ask for permission if we could lift the, the canvas off and take our shirts off. My sons and I put army helmets on and look like, you know, Martin Sheen. And they said, no, you'll get in a lot of trouble. And I was like, okay, and I was trying to teach my sons, you can ask. It's, you can ask for anything, but you have to respect authority. So we did that. We had a good time. And uh, that was just one adventure. I hate to miss out on adventure, and yet I do. I can be a chicken. A friend of mine a couple years ago invited me to summit with him. This is Sean Morgan, invited me to summit. Um, I think it was Mount Whitney. And honestly, I was kind of afraid. I mean, I was like, I... I, maybe I'll get hurt or something. And so I just texted him this week while I was working on this message. I said, Sean, I regret missing out on that adventure. That would have been really fun. How many of you would, instead of looking down on me right now as a total loser, how many of you are thinking, yeah, sometimes I wuss out too on adventure. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Mr. Turner, Deb. Uh, no participation from this section. <laughs> but the deal is, is that often you're invited to engage in adventure. You're invited to to do something. And for you, it just might be going to a party or hanging out with a new friend or meeting a neighbor or acting like you have a neighbor. <laughs> uh, sometimes adventure can be, can be insignificant, but for you, it's a big deal. I believe we were born for adventure. And I actually believe that Jesus himself has designed an adventure for you. But the key to adventure takes something that's very contrary. The, the, the starting mark, 
the starting point, the, the, the breaking point, the beginning of adventure takes contrary wisdom. You have to actually refuse that immediate no, not interested, and open yourself up to something that's against your nature, your default mode, which desires comfort, pleasure, entertainment, ease. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, binging, <laughs> Netflix binging. That's our nature, right? <laughs> and to, to experience real adventure is a willingness to, to, to say yes to Jesus' invitation to follow me. Uh, life's, the adventure you were born for, that was designed for you, is a willingness to say yes to Jesus' personal invitation, and it's a daily invite to follow me. And Jesus said that to do this, there's a losing. You have to lose a little bit. Uh, Jesus said, hey, if you want to, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And I remember as a kid, as a junior in high school, I got involved in, uh, in drama and in dance, actually. And I started pursuing a path of the arts. I got into UCLA School of Dance. Someday I'll show you my audition piece. And I, start, I wanted to use the arts to communicate the gospel. And God had a different plan. He gave me another option. I started at UCLA in the summer session, and I thought, oh, my word, I will, I'll, I'll die here. I'll, I'll be the party of partiers. And uh, I decided it wasn't a good place for me. So I ended up getting an invite to go to Bible college, a very Midwest conservative Bible college. And I'd been on this straight trajectory uh, of communicating the word since I was a kid, since I was 17, straight point. I went from there to Missouri, studied, got my first job, went to Roseville, and had been here for 13. Be- and I continued to say yes to the invitation, follow me. And I remember there were times, just like you've experienced, that were really a hard yes. I remember sitting near a creek called Turkey Creek in Missouri, and I was on, I w- it was the spring semester of my freshman year, 1987, in college, and I was sitting there, and I was like, I, I want to go home. This Missouri is way too hot, way too humid, way too cold, and I feel I'm without my family. I want to go home, and I felt God was saying, hey, you need to deny yourself and follow me, and I decided. I dug in, and I stayed. It was the best decision I ever made in my life because I met my wife, and life has been good, really good. Making that decision to embrace the adventure God has designed for you. Because I think if you don't embrace adventure, you're going to embrace addiction. You're going to embrace a lot of depression. You're going to embrace a lot of narcissism. But when you embrace adventure, it pulls everything out of you. It takes your very best and engages you the way you you were designed to be engaged. Now, I want to reference a few people at our church adventure who I think really have been accepting the adventure, the adventure of a lifetime that comes from Christ. The first one, I, want to, I saw her dad here earlier this morning. Uh, it's Sarah Allen. Sarah Allen, what an incredible example of a young lady who said yes to the adventure of a lifetime. She gets accepted into Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, perhaps some other schools. She's well-known in our community uh, as an artist. She was before a U.S. congresswoman a year ago for her art selected she was the homecoming queen this year, as I recall. That was a great honor for her. Uh, and instead of going to slow, she made a decision to go be a teacher with one of the missionaries we support 
that was represented here a few weeks ago where they first started to be with Sunrise and teach at Haiti for a year. Unbelievable, Charles. You must just pinch yourself and say, how did this happen? (laughs) You married well, I would say that. (laughs) No, it's to your willingness to support her. That's so huge. But she made that decision on her own to set college aside for a year and go serve and teach. That's That's embracing an adventure that wasn't originally her idea. That's amazing to me. I think of one of my brothers who came to me this month. He gave me permission to anonymously share this. And just said, hey, he came to me personally and said, I'd like some personal whole life accountability. I want to be accountable for my personal life, my professional life, my marital life. Would you do that? (laughs) That's kind of when a guy says, here, (laughs) poke me. Tell me what I need to know, how I need to grow, what the next step is for me. And uh, he he made that decision. I made the decision to accept. Let's do it. We're going to go to the men's retreat together. If you haven't signed up, by the way, it's a great opportunity, guys, to... Go and grow together. You might be concerned that you leave your wife by herself. She won't survive. I, I asked my wife, hey, is it all right, babes, if I'm away this weekend? For some reason, her face just lights up. She smiles. She's all happy. And I'm like, what's, what's wrong? She's like, oh, I'll be okay. You go ahead and go. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm so proud of his willingness, this guy, to say, hey, I want adventure. I want to grow in my faith. Um, uh, I'm also proud. One of my friends gave me permission to share this story. Her son, in his late 30s, has met a Christian woman. They met at a restaurant. She was his uh, waitress. And uh, they're starting to date. They feel like uh, their, their future is probably getting married. And she told me, she's so excited. She said they'd made a decision that they are, um, they're, uh, they're going to delay their marriage. They're going to do their courtship the way they believe God's called them to do it. They're, going to, they're not going to move in together. Can you believe that? Wow. And they're not going to be sexually intimate. <gasps> wow. And she said, we're just, they think this is what's best. And I agree because it, it makes you focus on the, the relationship and not the other fun that you want to be doing that for a lifetime. But they made that decision. The reason I share these stories about Sarah's decision to delay college and choose to go to Haiti, about my friend's decision to say, hey, I want to be accountable. <laughs> I want to grow. About uh, my other friend's son's uh, decision to say, hey, we're, we're going to do it the contrary way. The reason I share these short stories with you is because I think the decision to follow Jesus always begins with, with denying ourselves. <laughs> Jesus said, Whoever wishes, whoever wishes to follow me, let him take up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. There's a denial that everything begins with. Like when someone asks you to come help them move, you say, oh, I would hate to. But instead, you say, okay. You deny yourself, right? And you go and serve. Some of you are like saying, no, we say no to that. There's that we don't do that. Here's, here's uh, how the adventure starts for you, really. The adventure begins for you. God's plan for your life, his adventure is when you say yes to Jesus, who says, follow me, and you do it daily. It's a yes to Jesus, follow me, is a yes to the Holy Spirit, the spirit of peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, that you say, you dwell in here and you lead me. You lead me to do what I ought to do, not necessarily what I feel like doing, You lead me to do what you've called me to do, not necessarily what I originally want to do. You make my wants your wants. 
You make my desires your desires, and you'll be on a trajectory that'll never stop. You'll continue to, t- to take steps forward and continue to have wins in your life, the kind of wins that you were born for. I totally believe that. Self-denial and followership of Jesus is the key to success in Christ's eyes. In Christ's eyes. Now, some of you might be saying, hey, I'm too old for adventure, okay? I, I don't even watch movies with adventure. I don't do that kind of stuff. Hey, you're not too old for adventure. None of you are. For example, the author of the book we're in, the Gospel of John, which we finished today, our series on I Matter, who I think makes the case that because you matter, God has a plan of adventure for your life. The author is noted to have literally chased down a gang member in his 70s or 80s. This is a true story that comes from the historian Erasmus, no, rather Eusebius, who wrote uh, the ecclesiastical history of the church in about 325 uh, A.D. And Eusebius notes that John, in his 70s or 80s, now some of you might say, wow, that's, that's old. No, he lived into, he was a centenarian, they say. But John, on one occasion, had been discipling a younger man, I don't know his age, but been trying to raise him up and teach him about Jesus. And the guy had had some gang activity in his background. And John uh, left him with another pastor. And John went on to pastor some of the other churches in kind of the Turkey, uh, Greece area, and uh, the Ephesus area. And John uh, came back a year later and discovered that this young man would disappeared. And he, when he, he asked, where did he go? And the pastors that were responsible for him said, he got connected with a gang of robbers, and he's up in the foothills now. And John was irate. He's like, I trusted you with, uh, with this life, and you let him go? And so he got on to the other pastors. And I have the exact manuscript. If, if you care to see it, I'll show it with you. You can take my manuscript with you today. But uh, John got on to him, and then he said, get me a horse. Get me a mount. And they brought him a, a horse or a donkey. I don't remember. And he rode personally all by himself up to these foothills to find this young man. And when he got there, they immediately apprehended him. And they brought him into kind of the headquarters area. And he discovered that the young man that he was discipling was now the leader of this gang of robbers in the Turkish area. And uh, when his disciples saw him, the guy crumbled, started trembling, and ran away, took off. Can you imagine what a moment that had been? You're in your 70s and 80s, and all these other people are scared to death of you. <laughs> It'd be kind of a fun moment. And he takes off, and what John does, John takes off after him, 70 or 80s. He's already working. He's already got a pretty good 5K time. He takes off after this young man, catches up to him, and this is what he says. He says, uh, why, my son, do you flee from me? Your own father, I am. Not, he means that figuratively. Unarmed and old, aged. Pity me, my son. Pity me. Don't be afraid. You have still hope of life. I will give an account to you for Christ. Wow, he really fought for people. If need be, I will endure death as the Lord suffered death for us. For you, I will give up my life. Stand and believe, Christ has sent me. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that? Yeah, he, 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 he uh, this guy chasing you like that? John. John 
somehow got it from Jesus that his life was about adventure, that his life was about loving people unconditionally and following Jesus willingly. That's what you're going to hear today. You know you're experiencing adventure when you're loving people unconditionally and you're following Jesus willingly. Uh, My question is, are you experiencing the adventure God planned for you? Are you seizing moments? Are you, when you're given the opportunity to do something you want to do, do you take it? Uh, Just this last week, I made a decision personally. I've always wanted to uh, run on a running team again. And so I applied for Sacramento Fleet Feet. It's a running team that's represented here in Sacramento. And uh, the scary thing is I qualified. <laughs> and they, they, they sent me a list. You're on. Here's the running schedule. I'm like, whoa, you guys run way more miles than I do. <laughs> and uh, practice was yesterday. Uh, yeah, I no-showed the first one. Uh, I'll get there. I'll catch up. I was busy, I think, doing dishes. I didn't want to help. I didn't want to run. But uh, I, I, I'm challenged. It's a challenging adventure for me. I look forward to it. When you get an opportunity for adventure, do you accept? If the adventure that you envisioned for your life were to really stand before you, would you accept it? Would you say yes? Would you say yes to the Jesus who says, follow me, if he gives it to you? All all our lives are preparation to get ready for those moments. What I want to do this morning, here's what's ahead. We're going to look at a narrative from John. And you're going to see how adventuring with God is all about loving people unconditionally. And it's about following Jesus willingly. Those, by the way, are two marks of what it means to be with this church adventure. Two of the six that we see uh, really uh, noticeably in the lives of Christians here at Adventure. They love unconditionally uh, and they uh, follow willingly. And I want you to see this narrative. Uh, Read with me. It's in John chapter 21. Verses 15 and following, and I'm just going to go through this and show you this last dialogue Jesus has with Peter and his disciples and John, and you're going to see some dialogue that is only captured in this uh, story from, from John, Jesus' co-worker, his, probably his closest friend uh, in the story. John chapter 21, verse 15 and following, here it is. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? The these were a reference to his fishing uh, expertise and or his fishing partners. Do you love me more than work? Yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. He uses the word there, phileo. You know that we're bros. Come on. Uh, Jesus said, feed my lambs. Care for people. Then Jesus said, Simon, Son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. (laughs) In other words, why are we talking about this still? Jesus said, take care of my sheep. Take care of people. People matter. Third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, (laughs) do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Care for people. And the way we feed sheep is we teach them the word and we love them unconditionally. We teach them the word without judgment, without being critical. We teach them what Jesus taught and ask them to, ask them to consider it for their own life. And Jesus here is asking Peter the question, hey, 
do you love me more than these? And I would ask you, just as an opening exercise, how would you answer that question? (laughs) Do you love me? If Jesus asked you the question. It's an awkward question. You might say, oh, yeah, I would have an easy answer. But I don't think it's always that easy. My freshman year of college, I've shared this story before, I went to the Midwest uh, from Southern California, and it was a strange culture of community there. And I'll never forget David Sanchez, Army vet. He was studying the Bible there, man's man type guy. We're in the bathroom together shaving, and he just says, hey, Scott, do you love me? And I was like, I've never been asked that question. What? Do, do you love me? I, of course I love you. Yeah, we're friends. No, do you love me? It was just weird. And the thing is, it went on for a year. He would ask me all the time, hey, Scott, yes, I love you. I want to just answer him up front. Yes, I love you. When Jesus says, do you love me? It's not, hey, are we like associates? It's, do do I get all this? Do Do I get all this? Do you love me more than, and for you, let me ask, uh, how would you respond to this question? Do you love me more than being perfect? (laughs) Do you love me more than having the right answer all the time? Do you love me more than being in control of the teams you lead or the teams you're on? Do you love me more than being kind of exclusive? You're not, you're, you're kind of set apart because you're, you got everything together so well. Do you love me more than your own kind of shame? your own embarrassment, your own shortcomings? Do you love me more than your, 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 your house, your car, uh, your family? Am I number one? Do you love me more than your job? Some of you might say, absolutely, Jesus. I love you more than my job. Some of you might say, yeah, I don't know. Do you love me more than your Michael Kors accessories? Do you love me more than your, your, your uh, 501s or whatever you're wearing? Do you love me more than your favorite wine, your favorite brew? How much do you love me? Do you love me more than your portfolio? Where am I at? Where, do I, where am I at? Jesus asked that kind of question. It's awkward. You might say, oh, I could answer it in front of Jesus. I don't know. Do you remember that time when Peter was connecting with Jesus for the first time? This is the bookend, the first bookend, when they were at Sea of Galilee together. And uh, Peter told Jesus, hey, try fishing on the other side of the boat. And uh, rather, Jesus told Peter, try fishing on the other side of the boat. And Jesus said, Peter, you don't know anything about fishing. Please, I'm a Bass Pro Shop manager. I know what I'm doing. Don't talk to me about fishing. And he said, but since you said it, I will. He caught a bunch of fish. And after they reckoned they got together on the boat, Peter said to Jesus, please depart from me. I'm a sinner. When you get close to Jesus, it can be awkward. (laughs) It's not always comfortable. He says, do you love me? The reason I ask you this question is because for us to practice unconditional love, which I think is the key to adventure, it's loving people unconditionally. Uh, And in 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 an increasingly violent world that we live in, at least that we can see, we have more recorded video these days of violence, Christians are called by God to let the justice system handle justice. We are peacemakers. Christians are not at all to take vengeance into their own hands. We can defend ourselves, but we're not called to exercise violence. Agreed? We're not. It's not us. People, there are some wackos out there that do, but that's not Christ followers. I have no idea where I am. Are we at adventure right now? 
this, this, this challenge to love Jesus is important. To know that he loves you is exceedingly important. Here's why. You're not going to be able to love others unconditionally until you know you're loved unconditionally. You're not going to be able to give that which you do not have. You're going to have to be willing to accept the fact when you make mistakes, he loves you, even though your parents might be upset at you. You're going to have to be willing to, to, to give up your own embarrassment, your own shame, and let Jesus love you as you are. When you do that, you'll be empowered to love others unconditionally. When you know your own shortcomings, you'll be able to love unconditionally. This word I use, unconditionally, it's on purpose. The word Jesus used here for love is a word that was innovated in the first century. It's, the, it's a Greek word, agapao. That's the end of our Greek lesson. It's only used in biblical literature. It wasn't used outside of, outside of, the, Greek, outside of the Bible. Jesus was teaching cross-love, unconditional agape love, like he showed on the cross, not conditional love. He wants you to love unconditionally. How do you do this? Here's how you do it. Do you have someone in your life that's really bugging you that you don't like? Uh, Only me? (laughs) Start taking steps toward them. When you see them on the parking lot and you're like, eh, avoid, avoid at all costs, run away, go to them. Send them a note. Tell them them you appreciate them. If you still have their phone number, text them. Tell them you love to have lunch sometime. Or that your pastor encouraged you to have lunch with them sometime. Take a step towards the people that you have a hard time with. Take a step towards someone you struggle with. That's the adventure of agape love. Take a step. Make a move. Don't avoid. Don't ignore. You know what it means to hate someone? Ultimately hate them? Ignore them. Take a step toward them. Show them, show them unconditional love. Do it. And you'll, you'll be glad you did. That's the adventure. Um, I, I've experienced that personally. Uh, in, in my relationships and my family, it's just a great place to be. And I'm not always that likable. <laughs> I've got, I'm really, I'm sure I do things that are unlikably unlikable. Uh, but loving people is where the freedom's at. That's where the adventure's at. And it may be very well for you that your area of personal growth, professional growth, is, is way more emotional IQ than it is intellectual IQ, <laughs> Uh, It may be that your ability to grow in loving people unconditionally will take you a lot further in management at your job than anything you're doing. It may not just be what degree and how much you know. It might be how much others know you care about them. Okay? So John... John is the guy that's listening to this whole conversation. He's the one that is... He's not the talker. Peter's the talker. Peter's always talking. And John's just listening. And John's the guy that is, gets this love thing big time. He's the one that describes himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. He's the one that describes himself uh, as the, um, or describes God as God being all love in his letters. And uh, both Peter and John have quite a competition going. Throughout the Gospels, Peter and John, they race against one another. Uh, throughout the Gospels, um, Peter is always kind of pushing leadership. He's always the one to object, to uh, disagree. He's always got pushback. John's just the listener. He's got a little anger issue, but they're always competing for each other, I think. Uh, there's a lot of competition. 
And their relationship becomes one that's very good. They work together. They corroborate. They end up actually both confronting Caiaphas, the high priest, after the resurrection of Jesus. They end up becoming quite a team. Uh, And... But John's the one that teaches us what it means to not just love unconditionally. He teaches us what it means to follow willingly. Let me continue this narrative. Let me pick up where we left off. Verse 18, Jesus continues to talk to Peter, and he says this, Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Jesus saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? (laughs) That temptation. Is he going to win? Is he going to beat me this time? Verse 22, Jesus answered, And said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Do you ever find yourself kind of more interested in whether or not how someone else is performing than how you perform? Oh, I got a five or a four on my eval. How did he or she do? Oh, yeah, uh, you get a new car you're all excited about, and then your neighbor gets a really nice car. Oh, Maybe I only struggle with that. But, you know, it's always, you're only as good as the person that, that's next to you, right? If they beat you, uh, yeah, I, didn't, I wanted to beat him. In fact, I'd, I'd be over beating him then and getting a lower score if I could just be ahead of him. I've had some of these same temptations, uh, especially in my 30s. Um, I don't have them as much now, um, only, only once a week. But I, I, this is a real temptation to always compare. You know, he looks leaner than me. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, smarter than I am. He's a better performer than I am. And what it speaks to is this false idea that there's a scarcity for winners, that there's a scarcity of winning, that God can't give one person a win and also give another person a win. And in this, in this uh, message, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, don't worry about John. You worry about Peter. You just follow me. And this challenge of following Jesus, like I say, is the beginning of adventure, is where you make a decision in God's economy, if I will just follow Christ the way his spirit is leading me, then I will accept whatever success, whatever win God's going to give me and be able to set aside whatever he's doing in anybody else's life. It's kind of along the language of Joshua 1. Don't look to the left or to the right at what others are doing. Just stay focused on what Jesus is asking you to do for him and trust him to give you the victory. Both of these guys did this, they, and they both had wins. In God's economy, there's no scarcity for multiple wins. Here's how it turned out. Number one, Peter experienced a win. Peter's the guy that always wanted to be engaged in conflict. Do you have anyone in your family that's like that? Peter always wanted to be engaged in conflict. Do you work with anyone like that? Can't have a conversation without pushback. He, hey, Jeremy, could you turn, get the AC on in here? It may just be me. I'm getting hot. Uh, anybody else feeling the heat up in here? Thank you. All right. We have a couple people passed out in the back. Please get some help. Just kidding. Uh, but Peter, Peter loved to be in conflict, and he got his dream. You know what his dream was? His dream was actually to be able to die for Christ. 
And he got his dream because in his 50s, he actually was being persecuted so well and creating such conflict for God that he went from Jerusalem to Rome. And he stood before the, the Caesar, Kaiser, Nero, and his mother, uh, Agrippina, and he was crucified. It was such a moment for him, such an adventure, that he insisted that he not be crucified like Christ was crucified. Anybody know how he was crucified? Upside down. Didn't want to do it like normal crucifixion. <laughs> I want to go upside down. Wow. He got the ultimate conflict. <laughs> Galilean fisher goes, fisherman, goes all the way to Rome. Wow. He got what he wanted. What kind of adventure has God planted in you? What's there? <laughs> Be careful. You might get it. John. I think John got what he wanted. John was a people person, a real pastor. He was entrusted initially with grieving people. You know, it, it wouldn't surprise you to be reminded. He was responsible for Jesus' mother. As soon as Christ resurrected from the dead, John was given the responsibility to care for Mary, Jesus' mother. Do you know who also was grieving that John had to care for? His own family. His brother was martyred shortly after, his older brother, James. That's a lot of grief. <laughs> John was a caretaker. He started off as a caretaker. You're my apostle, Jesus says, to care for people. Start with my mother, then your family. Doesn't sound very, you know, grandiose. But his ministry of caring for people expanded. It went all the way to Ephesus. He oversaw those churches that I mentioned earlier. And eventually, his love for Jesus culminated in his opportunity to be the recipient of the prophecy of the second coming of Christ which he was given in the book of Revelation. And he was given it on this island. Doesn't that sound like a fun vacation? He was given it on the island of Patmos. I believe God has planned, all of you, planned for all of you adventure. The key to your adventure is your willingness to say yes to when Jesus says, follow me. It's a personal decision we make daily. Yes. To let the Holy Spirit, the spirit of peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control serve as our own GPS right here, navigating us every day to make the right decisions, to deny ourselves, not to mutilate ourselves. I'm not talking about that. Just to prefer his way, not our own. That's where the adventure's at. Can you imagine, as we kind of slow down here and come to a close, what your relationship reservoir will look like if you love people unconditionally? How many people could you have new and better relationships with if you were loving them unconditionally? If this week you did what I challenged you and you took a step on a parking lot towards someone that you know has a problem with you. Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> Not at all. Uh, but imagine the relationship bandwidth you'd have if you started loving people unconditionally, most importantly in your family and on the staff that you work with. Imagine what kind of adventures you would be on if you started following willingly. When the Holy Spirit gave you a prompting and says, hey, that's for you. That's for you. And you're like, nope, 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 not doing that. But you know in your heart, I think I'm supposed to do that. I think that's the direction I'm supposed to go. Imagine the kind of adventure you're going to be on. That's what it means to follow willingly. To follow the Holy Spirit. He's your GPS and you follow him. It's not 
throwing your mind out the door. It's just following him. Imagine what your preferred future would be like. But to get on that, you've got to say yes. You've got to say yes to following him. How about today? If one of you has never made that decision to say yes to following Jesus, why not today? Say, yes, I, I, I want to say yes to your follow me. Maybe that's you. And you might say, oh, that's not for me because uh, I just came here with a friend. Christianity, that's just caving in. I'm not going to give in to that. Oh, let me tell you. Following Jesus, I think, takes more self-discipline, more courage, more love than any other faith will require. It'll bring the best out of you. Uh, you also might say, you know what? I don't have my life together. I, I'm not ready to follow Jesus. I got stuff I need to work on. Hey, a relationship with God through Christ has nothing to do with what we do. It's everything he's done on the cross, what's been finished. It's simply a decision to acknowledge that Jesus got it all done. It's nothing I do. Now, what about you? Have you made that decision to say yes to Christ personally? I will follow you. What would keep you from doing it today? Saying, yeah, I'm in. I'm ready to follow. And for you, it may be that there's a particular context in your life where you've been unwilling to submit. But today, you're like, yeah, I'm I'm ready to do that. I'm going to give you a chance to. We're going to say a brief prayer. And you're going to have a chance to say, yes, Jesus, today I'm willing to follow you. And if that's you, let's do it together. Bow your heads with me, won't you? Heavenly Father, thank you that you have planned us for adventure. Because without adventure, honestly, we, we just get lazy and, and, uh, and we can get into habits that are unhealthy. We can become addicted to avoiding adventure. We want your power to help us accept the adventure you've called us to. And today, some of us, because we're Christians, want to just renew our commitment to following your son Jesus by saying yes to your invitation to follow me. And if you're a Christian here today and you can identify an area in your life where, you know what, it's been a no, but now you're willing to say yes because you sense the Holy Spirit is leading you that way, then I challenge you to just say, Jesus, yes, I'll follow you in this area. And you, you specify it. Yes, I'll follow you in this area right now from where you're seated. Yes, Jesus, I'll follow you in this area of my life. I'll trust you. And if you're here and you've never made a decision to be a Christian, but you're ready to accept that what Christ did on the cross is done for you, you want his spirit in you, then right from where you're seated, I want to challenge you to say, Jesus, I will follow you. I'm ready to make you the leader of my life. And if that's a decision you just made, I want to acknowledge it with everyone's head down. Would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that was me. I made a decision today to follow Jesus. Anyone say yes to Jesus today? Raise your hand and let us celebrate your decision. Anyone? Just slip your hand up if that was you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Heavenly Father, please be with the uh, young mom who said yes to Jesus today. I pray you fill her with your spirit of peace and patience and kindness, gentleness, joy, and uh, help her know that she matters. Help us all know that because we matter, You have crafted an adventure of a lifetime for each of us. Help us follow you daily. Amen.